to Take a Breath with Tim and Matt. This is part two of our interview with Andy Van Bergen from CyclingTips.com. In the first interview, we talked with Andy about his amazing adventure, doing an Everesting attempt at base camp at Mount Everest and how he used breath and his adventures over there. And today, the second part of this interview, we're going to talk about the use of breath work and breath training in sport and sporting performance. Certainly, it's becoming more prominent now with the Trek cycling team taking on a breath coach with their training. So we're going to jump right into it and talk about how you can use breath work or the importance of breath work in increasing sporting performance. You mentioned something to me the other day about the Trek cycling team. Yeah, Tim, this is actually where I'm going to flip the interview over to you and ask you a little bit about it. So this is something I came across uh, or we came across at Cycling Tips maybe in the last fortnight or so. Trek is one of the world tour teams, so they're racing Tour de France and and the Giro d'Italia. And we just saw a one-line mention that they'd been off on a training camp with a deep-sea diver. Now, straight away, that twigged to me. Like, you know, I've obviously just off the back of working with you, Tim, and I was thinking, okay, there's something in this. And and I was making my guesses as to what that was. Is it a free diver or a deep-sea diver? A free diver, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to throw it over to you because I've made my assumptions about what it is. Doing all the Wim Hof course stuff, there's a lot of guys, a lot of free divers who do that. Mm. It's obviously interested in his sort of Wim Hof the Iceman in his performance and his sort of extreme abilities. The interesting thing for me is doing Wim Hof, it's a really simple technique. There's only really two kind of breathing techniques that he teaches and variations on that. And it seems so simple, you think, how does this sort of work? But it's just a way of tricking the chemistry of the body. And Wim Hof takes people up at altitude every year. He's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with a whole group of untrained people. And the first time he did it, the Dutch Mountaineering Society said, if you do what you want to do, climb Mount Kilimanjaro in this amount of time with untrained people, you will all die. Far out. (laughs) And everyone made it. A woman with MS, a guy who'd had heart bypass operations, you know, all these people, they did it using the breathing and using his training, which was extraordinary. Yeah. He's planning to do it this year with, I think, with David Beckham and someone else is going to do it, but they're going to have it all scientifically, as you did, and had it a bit more closely monitored. Talking to Dr. Mark Cohen from RMIT here about why he possibly thinks this works is that when you're training at altitude or training at sea level, like in hyperbaric chamber where you've got increased amount of oxygen, like oxygen pressure when you're diving, it's actually that change in the conditions that produces the positive changes in the body. So by stressing the body, your body has to is forced to adapt. It is hormetic stress, beneficial stress. Yeah, that's right. So are you talking about like the physical production of increased red blood cell count or Uh, more immediate? Yes, basically the body stimulated and the body adapts. Hmm. It's not just training at altitude, but it's the difference between training at altitude and training at sea level. So basically, if you go up into the mountains and train, then come back down, train up in the mountains and train, that stress on the body is producing these positive changes. And so when you're doing the Wim Hof method or when you're doing free diving, where you're doing the breath holding, that's actually producing an artificial lack of oxygen or an artificial stress on the body. So I imagine it's something to do with that. They're artificially stressing their body through this. There's two phases to it. The first one is is super saturating the body with oxygen by doing the <laughs> so free divers do different techniques to basically fill up 
every part of their lungs and also you can increase the oxygen at the mitochondrial level at the cellular level you mentioned the oxygen saturation meter so you can only get 100% saturation that's the most you can get but by doing these techniques that freedivers do breathing all about the inhalation sort of techniques you can actually increase the oxygen at the cellular level the difference is oxygen sets measuring blood oxygen it's the amount of oxygen with hemoglobin in your bloodstream and that's at the cellular level how much is getting to the cells for energy production and when i interviewed wim hof 18 months ago he was saying that scientists have now developed a way of measuring that oxygen tension at the mitochondrial level which is quite exciting for this kind of stuff that's the first component to it is filling up with oxygen and the second component is the breath holding where you starve your body of oxygen at the blood level and then your chemistry starts to change that's where it comes in with regards to sport the free diving side but so if they get a free diving coach underwater you can no longer breathe when you inhale oxygen you know it gets taken into your bloodstream and then it gets delivered to the cells and it's used for energy production one of the byproducts of energy production is carbon dioxide which we exhale when you go underwater you're no longer exhaling carbon dioxide and the respiratory center in the brain which regulates in the hypothalamus which regulates your breathing it actually measures carbon dioxide more than oxygen because co2 i won't get too much into it but co2 based on the bore effect it basically dictates how you get oxygen from your bloodstream to your cells so i can be breathing and have high oxygen sats in my bloodstream but i don't get that to my cells for energy production it's not efficient and so your co2 levels will be measured by your hypothalamus so if I'm underwater and I'm no longer exhaling, my CO2 levels go up and up and up and up and up. So the difficulty you experience when you're underwater, people would often think, well, that's oxygen deprivation. It's actually initially the discomfort you feel is actually CO2 levels have gone, or what you might call hypercapnia. So it's high CO2. Later on, oxygen deprivation is a factor. That experience you're having of that discomfort is actually elevated CO2 levels. Same as when you're exercising. So if I'm a cyclist and I'm going into red line, that discomfort I'm feeling is not lack of oxygen initially, it's elevated CO2. So part of the free diving techniques are you can train your brain how to handle higher CO2. Interestingly, the average person will, I mentioned before, overbreathes or doesn't breathe the diagnostic norm. So what happens is our body learns to accept low CO2 as normal and we adjust and so we breathe more rapidly to build handle it. So you can retrain your brain to handle higher CO2. In the case of world champion free divers, they've retrained their brain to handle CO2 levels way, way, way higher. That makes them extremely efficient at breathing when they're breathing normally. So they would need a much, much lower breathing rate to do the work that the average person with because their body can handle it so that's the first thing they're trying to do is learn they're increasing their ability to handle elevated co2 they will be able to breathe at a slower rate at the same amount of exercise habituation to a degree yeah. right yeah. and the yeah. important thing about that is a it's going to make them produce energy more efficiently which means they'll be more efficient but because of the role of that nervous system because you're slowing your breathing down it affects the same nervous system that also regulates our blood flow. If I can lower my breathing rate, I can also then lower my heart rate by a feedback. Therefore, if I can drop my breathing rate and become more efficient, then I can also have a lower heart rate for the same amount of work that I might have been doing previously. So my body becomes more efficient. And if I have a lower breathing rate and I'm using oxygen more efficiently, lactic acid onset can get delayed. I use my diaphragm, I use more of my lung surface area for uptake of oxygen in our lungs so there are multiple 
aspects. You'll see a lot of surface now doing freediving courses and there's a bunch of them out now. One of my go-to sites is the World Surf League site. I am a paddler but I love surfing since I was a kid and so I often look on that site and now I see that there's a guy on Mark Fisher who's got a, a free course and I teach courses down in Torquay and we're about to run one in Melbourne with surfers teaching them how to handle being underwater for longer. So if I know I can hold my breath for longer and I get pinned down for a couple of waves, let's say I might have been able to hold my breath for one minute, static breath hold and I increase that for three minutes. The knowledge is nice that if I go underwater, if I just relax, you might be able to do three minutes while you're serving because you get thrown around a lot. But if I can just relax and stay on it for 30 seconds to a minute, then that's a lot better than it. normally you get thrown around and stuck and panic, oh, I've got to get to the top. If I just can... And I did that once when I was learning. I was serving with some mates. I was on a sandbar, it's pretty heavy. And I went under and I went to the bottom, actually, back the sandbar, which was not too bad. It was the back bar, so I was probably about five or six feet under. And so I just thought, okay, I'm just going to stay here. I found out later I wasn't getting pressure from my board to go to the top. I found out I snapped my favourite board in half, which was heartbreaking. But I stayed there and I thought, I'm going to see what happens. So I watched another wave go through and I was quite comfortable. I thought, oh, maybe I might watch another wave go through. And I thought, actually, my mates are up there probably thinking, where is it? So I came up and when I came up, they said, are you okay? And I was completely fine. But that's an example of learning how to handle it. For the cycling team, as I mentioned, the surfing course that's been done by this guy that's a former big wave surfer was actually one of the guys involved with it is a free diver. So free divers are an extreme case of breathing function and training your breathing to do some pretty, I mean, the world record for a static breath hold where it's just a face immersion and pulls 11 and a half minutes. So we talk about oxygen deprivation and what have you. Initially, the discomfort is carbon dioxide. And then later on, like if I stay underwater and I don't breathe, then my cells start using all the cellular oxygen. Once that starts being deprived, then cells start dying. And that's where people actually die. But when you black out, if you drown and you black out, for example, it's actually CO2 that's caused your body to black out. It wants you to breathe. And in order to make you breathe, it will black you out and then what happens is you gasp about 30 to 40 seconds later it'll you come to and you gasp that's quite morbid but so he would be training them in free diving techniques to make them more efficient tolerating co2 and then learning how to use their diaphragm to slow their breathing down mm. at higher levels of work does that answer the question it does like because i guess it's it's a sport as i mentioned of efficiency and therefore you know sky coined the phrase marginal gains so it's all about these little things you can do the sum of all of those parts is that it makes a difference in between you winning and, and someone else but who knows it may have happened before it's the first i've heard of it being used mm, as a technique cool. in cycling possibly it's been around before but not that we'd sort of heard before so in a nutshell it's just making your body more tolerant to those increased yeah. levels of carbon dioxide and i think as Wim Hof said, it's also the mindset. Yeah, it's, it's what it se- seems to keep on coming back to with all these examples that we've talked through, isn't it? It's just being conscious of it, knowing the techniques to be able to deal with being in that situation. When you push to that extreme yeah. and being comfortable with that extreme, whether you're held down, whether it's a long hold down in surfing, yeah. or whether you're really pushing it right to the edge in cycling, or holding your breath freediving or trying to do an Everesting at Man Everest yeah. <laughs> for all the times that's like happened. the freedivers Wim Hof my understanding has a yoga background and a lot of stuff that he has done I've read other articles from certain mags about certain yogis in India and Tibet having done similar things the stuff that he's done is, is extreme and we might say that's not possible but you can train your body to do things that are extreme so whether it be freediving or whether it be Wim Hof you can actually teach your body to perform at levels way above without considering breathing weak thought possible so they're examples of ways and means of doing it slightly different but the same outcome
Thanks for joining us on takeabreath.com. That was a fantastic interview or fantastic two interviews with Andy Van Bergen from Cycling Tips. Firstly, about his adventure at Mount Everest, doing an Everesting attempt and what they learned from that and what went wrong, what went right. And then the second part of it today, we just talked about the use of breathing retraining or breath training for sporting performance, why it works, how it can be done, and some of the developments that are coming on board and more and more people are becoming more open to this. Great to talk with Andy and we look forward to doing that again in the future. If you would like to find more information, go to cyclingtips.com. They've got some fantastic information. You can find the article and video of Andy's Everesting attempt, and you can also find plenty of other great articles. Also, jump on takeabreath.com.au for more information about Take a Breath. Got some fantastic courses, a book, etc., and subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to hear more from you. If you're stressed or depressed, anxious or just need a rest If you're into your sport and you want to perform at your best Take a breath, take a breath, take a breath